This is the I Love Success Podcast. I'm Peter Jurukowski, and I have made a vow to myself to help as many people as possible to achieve their dreams. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success Podcast. During this pandemic, I've gone on a virtual world tour. I've been all over the place, I feel, and I, I, I got to meet so many amazing people. Uh, before this happened, I only did in-person podcasts. That was kind of my thing. But I had a, had a choice to either stop or to keep going and go virtual, and I choose the letter. And it's actually been quite remarkable because I get to, to meet people that... I wouldn't have had a chance to meet otherwise. So today I'm traveling to New York to meet with Amanda Slavin. And she's the founder and CEO of the award-winning brand consulting firm Catalyst Creative. And she guides super cool brands like Coca-Cola, Google, HubSpot, and others to do good to the world without having to sacrifice their bottom line. She's also a mom to a five-month-old Logan Wallace, and she was a little bit late. I think she really forgot this podcast, to be honest, and that makes it even cooler. I had to track her down on all social media platforms, so I have uh, high expectations for this conversation. So (laughs) welcome, Amanda Slavin. Thank you. I mean, yeah, there's a, it's a real thing, mom brain and, and breastfeeding while working full time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely been a, a whole new journey that I did not expect. It's all good, Amanda. And, uh, you know, the harder it is for me to get on a guest, uh, the, the more interesting conversations I usually have. And uh, let's talk, uh, before we talk about your work and, and, and all of that stuff, let's talk a little bit about you. Can you just share, like, who are you as a, as a person? Where did you grow up? And sure. how did you get into what you're doing right now? Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I will say, you know, I, you might hear noises in the background, but I think we're all, we, I have a dog, I have a baby, my sister and her boyfriend are here. My husband's with me. Um, we actually left New York and, um, for, we're in an Airbnb in Rhode Island because I am type one diabetic. I was diagnosed four years ago out of nowhere with type one diabetes, um, which changed kind of my, the trajectory of my life and the way that I thought about uh, my own health. And during what was going on with COVID, we decided to leave for because I'm immunocompromised. So you'll hear things, but that's just the way life is. Um, but I, I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, I'm in a very small town. I moved multiple times um, during high school, which, uh, which you know, I moved three times in a year and, and had a kind of a whole entire experience with that that I, that I do like to build off of, but we can certainly talk about that later. But essentially I realized um, that you know, I need to feel comfortable with who I am um, and not change myself for everyone because I kept changing who I was based on the way that the town was. So it was like different types of people, like different types of style and like different types of experiences. And I kept changing myself. And I wrote a letter to, when I was, to myself when I was 16 um, saying that it was most important that I actually love myself, which is I think the lesson that we're trying to learn every single day of our lives. 
Um, and then I, I went to school to be a teacher and I was in a five-year bachelor master's program. So I got my master's in curriculum and instruction. So I was a teacher, I was a first grade teacher and, and worked within middle schools. And I wrote my thesis all around engagement. And while I was doing that, I was also planning parties um, in New York City for money. Um, and so I graduated in 2009, which was at the time the greatest recession of our time, uh, probably nothing in comparison to now. Uh, and I ended up going into hospitality instead of teaching because, you know, again, I was throwing all these parties and it brought me to this whole different world and industry. Uh, and I ended up applying my thesis to hospitality. I realized that if I could understand engagement in the classroom, I could understand it in marketing. Built some restaurants, ended up kind of producing some events on the side, ended up meeting Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos, uh, and then ended up starting a company with him. And that's how I got here, I guess. That's a little bit about me business-wise. I mean, also, again, I have a great, I have a great husband. I moved all over, lived in Las Vegas, lived in Los Angeles, lived in New York. Um, so yeah, I can talk, whatever you want to hear, I will tell you. I love that. You know, Amanda, sure. it feels like I'm at the, you know, a networking event and we're trying to get in as much as we can in the shortest amount of mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, when you're... Uh, this is probably what happened to you now. You did all this thing and then you're here now. So let's just take a breath and let just relax. We, we're going to have some fun, you know. Love it. Uh, no, no rush or, or stress. I, I actually more curious about you as, as a, young, a young teenager and like kind of building that self-love because a lot of us are, you know, we're looking, we're looking to find ourselves and a lot of us, we're adjusting to the environment and we don't feel comfortable in our own skin and 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 those things so can you just share like what why did you try to fit in and when did you realize that you, you need to kind of build your own uh, own world yeah and i i will say i speak very quickly so i'm not stressed at all i'm very happy to be here but i just speak very fast um so i will work on slowing down for those who can't keep up because i'm a new yorker um so you know i think i think for me i've always been the type of person that loves to build community and and feel like everyone is included i've always wanted to feel included and so i've always made others feel included um but what ended up happening was i was really kind of popular and had a lot of friends and when i ended up moving uh i ended up kind of i was the new girl in a really really big town i came from a very small town um and i really just was not liked because no one knew me uh and so i really changed myself to fit in as i said and i kind of went into it was like a very hippie town so i started listening to Grateful Dead all the time and like not showering and just like really, you know, really trying to, to look and feel like the individuals within this town. And then I ended up moving again within the same year, my junior year. And, and in that town, it was more, you know, kind of people were more dressed up and they were blow drying their hair and putting, wearing a lot of makeup. And I was still wearing the clothes from the previous town. Uh, and, and some girls made fun of me. And, and at that moment, I realized I can't keep changing myself because if that was, you know, if, if I had to keep changing myself, I, I would, I wouldn't necessarily even know who I am. Um, I would be constantly making changes about me based on what others felt about me. Um, and, and that would, that wasn't sustainable. So I realized at that moment, and again, I think this is a, a lesson that I've learned over and over and over again throughout the past 15 years of my life, but that I had to first and foremost, know what it looks like for me to actually love myself like what did i love about myself and you know what and i i ended up this is like a lot of personal information but then i ended up dating a lot of 
fixer-uppers, if you will. Um, I was actually in a New York Post article about how I dated fixer-uppers. It was that ridiculous. Um, and I, and my fixer-uppers, I really meant like men that were not necessarily ready for a relationship, ready to commit. So this was after I was 16 and learned this lesson. Um, and I, I wrote in, a, in like a journal entry when I was in my 20s, like, would you date you? And then I wrote, no, I don't, I don't think so. And it was because I had kind of, again, gone so far from myself where I didn't really, you know, I became obsessed with business and I lost that part of myself that was a teacher, that was nurturing, that was caring and considerate. I was so into, you know, again, into the hospitality industry, which is fast paced and, and really like fairly harsh um, in the way that people treat each other and themselves. And so I had to go back again and reflect on, um, on what it looked like for me to love me in order for me to then make the the next decision, which was to start Catalyst. So um, it's not like one and done. I think it's a daily decision that I have to continue to make, which is to put myself first um, over what others think of me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so true. I mean, I, I feel like I'm fairly comfortable in my own skin. I, 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 I wasn't that before, and I would say I, I am. Uh, but I still catch myself sometimes say say a phrase just to fit in or do something that I it's not me and I, and I was like what the fuck am I doing you know <laughs> but that's not me so I, I think it's it's yeah. pretty pretty natural and but I think it's good that we like when we work on ourselves we realize that hey it's okay just don't be just don't become someone else because at the end of the day like I, my philosophy is if you can be congruent with who you are towards yourself in the world I think that's my definition of uh, happiness because you're true to yourself uh, do you recall or do you have that letter from you when 16 years old like do you recall what you said or uh, do you want to share that with us yeah I mean the main thing I, I think I took it, my mom told me she found in it was this idea that I I really didn't like myself because again i was a reflection of the way that i felt others felt about me um but that realization was that if i did love myself if and if i did you know really i guess have compassion for myself then that is all that mattered um and that is the kind of that all that mattered was something that was i think is still again, something I even today like have to remember um, because especially when you become an entrepreneur and you know, with social media and with press and just with, with all of kind of the glossy things that come with being a quote unquote entrepreneur, it's also very lonely and isolating. And um, I think that you can get really swept up in all of the optics as it pertains to starting a, you know, a business. And so I think even in my thirties, I have to remember that that is all that matters. And it's had to, especially now as an, as a new mother, um, my time isn't mine anymore. And a lot of the things that were important to me before Logan was born are no longer as important to me because I have this new person that I am a model for. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of the glossy things that I thought were important are, I'm realizing now that he's more important. Um, and I would want to teach him that. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't have the exact letter, but it was that idea of the, the thing that matters most is how I, is how I feel about myself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
how do you think it, like most people work on this? And like, what do you want to tell the people right now listening? And they, they might have good lives, but there's something missing and they're not truly congruent. Uh, like, what do you want to say to them? Well, I think first and foremost, like be easy on yourself. I don't think anyone really has it fully figured it, figured out. And, and as a teacher, I also really appreciate learning more than anything. And so the way that I am as a human being is to just constantly be learning. And it's less about, you know, once I've actually learned the material and it's more about the process of learning and, and that's good enough um, because that shows that I'm willing to grow. So I think in, in these experiences where we're really hard on ourselves, because we're like, we haven't figured it out yet, or we're not where we're supposed to be, or, you know, like, oh, well, that person didn't want to date me, or that investor didn't want to invest in me. It's, it's really kind of going inward and saying what, and I, it's harder said than done, because in those moments, you can easily pivot one way and say, well, poor me, I'm a victim, um, and, you know, the world is against me. Or you can say, this is obviously pushing me in a different direction in which I needed to go. And I've always, I'm very stubborn and I've just felt like sometimes I ignore the signs and I just keep going and keep going and then crazy things will happen to me. Like the type one, being diagnosed with type one diabetes was a crazy thing. It's not in my family. It was like a totally out of nowhere thing in my thirties. Um, and you normally get it as a child. And it was just something where I had to slow down and I had to reset and I had to come inward again. And so I just, I think using the external circumstances and situations that happen to you as reminders to go inward um, instead of kind of losing the opportunity to take that chance at learning um, is the advice that I would, I would give, because again, I, I don't know, I don't know anything other than <laughs> that. I don't know anything. <laughs> so I think that's, that's the way that we should all be as human beings is realizing that, you know, we could always learn more and we could always grow more. Um, so being soft and gentle with ourselves during that process and, and not expecting that we're ever really going to know all the answers. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I kind of want to, before we talk about like your process and your business, like for people out there that want to create this amazing business themselves, but they're afraid of not being enough uh, to start a business and also to be balanced and have a good, good life with relationships and, and things of that nature, maybe becoming a, mo a mom or a dad. Uh, what do you want to say to those people? Well, you know, I, I think it's work harder on yourself than your business. Um, really put yourself and, and recognize that. I've always felt like founders create businesses because they're trying to come up with solutions to problems that they're facing. And then it is the job of that founder to get out of the way so that the company can serve others and not just them. So after eight years of, of being a, a co-founder of this business, it's, I'm, I'm looking at ways for me to step into different positions and roles within the organization to let other people rise because I have, I've really, um, wrapped my whole entire identity around work. Uh, and I think that it's really important for anyone that wants to start a business to know why you're starting the business. Uh, and is it really, do you really, should you really start a business? I guess my first question is there, you know, can you, I, I did a TEDx talk a long time ago called the three P's. Um, and it was this idea of following your passion, um, creating a profit and solving a, a problem in the world. Um, and the whole concept was this idea of just because you have a passion doesn't mean 
it's a business. You know, you, you then have to think, how can this passion actually make money? Um, but, but that's not enough. That's, that's really surface, especially in the world today. You then have to think about how can I take that passion uh, and how can I make money using that passion to solve a problem that's going to make the world better in some way or another. So I would say to the individual, if, if a business already exists that you can support and you can help, um, maybe you join that individual and support them in their dreams. Uh, and if you are, then, you know, you really do the work within yourself and you say to yourself, okay, it is time for me to start a business. I know, you know, that there's a lot of intention behind this business um, and that only I could really do this business then go to therapy because <laughs> consistently, because you're going to have a lot of problems that come up, go to therapy or some type of leadership course or whatever you want to do, but have a consistent way of being able to deal with your issues that will very much come up as you start a company. So that'd be my advice. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Amanda, are you good with people? Um, I'm good with my, my dog is barking in the background. Um, I, I have always felt, so that's my, my mom has always told me that I, you know, I talked to her a lot about kind of my child, especially as a new mom, um, and like compare and contrast with my child. Uh, and I was extremely social, you know, to the point where I would, you know, bring my entire, like my first grade class together at the cafeteria table and make sure that they all were included and would like exchange snacks with each other so they could talk to each other. And I would like facilitate community and connections everywhere. I was obsessed with people. Um, and then I almost feel a friend of mine said like that they felt that I met the amount, like that the, like people meet a lot of people in their lifetime and they feel that I've met the amount of people that most people meet in their lifetime in my lifetime, like at this point in my thirties. So I, I kind of networked myself to obliteration. Um, so I am very good with people because I really truly care about people. Like I am interested in their stories and what drives them and what inspires them and what impacts them. Like I care. Um, but I also am tired, you know? So I think that again, I've, I've, I've kind of realized now it's it's less about going wide uh, and more about going deep and and seeing all the people and, and going pat going back and, and looking at the people that I've met um, and saying how can I get to know you on a deeper level instead of kind of just meeting more and more and more and more people at a surface level. Yeah, and what's your this is completely out of the context, but what is your uh, like favorite thing to get to know when you when you meet new people like what what are you most interested in in, in learning about them well i used to ask this question and we would do these at these experiences we designed um which was what did you want to be when you were eight years old uh, and that was the question I, I really like to kind of throw people off their game because everyone's so about like what they do. And, and I really do kind of want to know the, like the essence of someone of what makes them who they are. Um, so it's not like one thing, but generally that would open up a conversation around like what was important to them or a memory from childhood. I, I kind of like to see everyone's inner child and, and talk to that person instead of like the person that they think they have to be. Um, so it's, it's, it's something like that. Um, but I would also say it's, it's this idea that I, I do think people are afraid to share what they're really experiencing in their lives because everyone kind of ha feels like they have to have a front, especially again, I, I keep talking about social media, but like on social media, I feel it's these glossy versions of ourselves. And it's not really what we're experiencing. And so I like to know what someone's actually feeling. Like if I say, how are you? I've, I've had certain situations where I've said, how are you? Like someone, you know, who's, who's selling me a coffee um, and they're not, they're like unhappy. This has like happened many times and they're like, good. 
how, I'm like, they move on. And I'm like, no, I actually want to know how you are. Like, I'm not just asking you, how are you? And, and they'll say like, I'm having a really hard day. Um, and I've been able to connect to people just by authentically caring about what the other person has to say on the other end. Love that. And I love connecting with other people as well and, and, and go deeper. And that's why I always wanted to do my podcast in person, because I think there's something magical that happens when you look someone in the eye and when you're there physically and, and can really connect with, with people. Um, I'm working on connecting it through Zoom as well. And, yeah. and, but I guess it will never be the same, but it's, it's something that is, is beautiful to connect with another human being because we all, we all have dreams. We're all working for something. Uh, at the end of the day, we all want to be loved. And uh, if we can connect and understand that, then we can go to the next thing and actually talk about other stuff, uh, which leads us to like communication, marketing. Can you just share like, what's, what's your philosophy? You're talking about doing good without sacrificing the bottom line. I mean, what does that really mean? So uh, when, I, when I was a teacher, it was really important for me to understand uh, every student in my class as an individual. So really it's you know, personalized learning as opposed to kind of teaching to the middle. Uh, and I was, I was student teaching in a very small classroom. I was lucky to be able to, I think now people are realizing how valuable teachers are with, with homeschooling, um, finally. Uh, and you know, it was really important for me to bond and, and connect with each and every single one of these little these little six-year-olds, these little individuals. Um, and I really wanted to know the, the process behind what makes someone learn. And so I studied engagement. And I said I wrote my thesis on this process, this framework called the seventh level. Um, and the seventh level is defined as literate thinking. It's when your personal values and beliefs align with a message. So I talk about kind of the importance of like, if you've ever read an inspiring book um, that kind of just became a part of you, or, you know, if you've ever kind of connected with, uh, let's say again, you've, you've purchased a product where it feels like it's, it's something that really you identify with. Um, or, you know, again, it's, it could also be a lesson that you've learned that, or an entrepreneur that you've bonded with, or a podcast that you've listened to, where you feel this visceral connection where you're like, oh, they get me. Um, and so that's the seventh level. And, you know, there are obviously six levels underneath that, but I, I feel that, that marketing is changing the way people think about themselves and the way that they, the way that people think about the world. And so as marketers, we have a responsibility to have intention with the way that we communicate with our customers and to think differently about the way that we are actually changing their behavior. Uh, and so by striving for the seventh level with our customers, and with our employees and, and really with our partners and with everyone, we can have more intentional relationships that I always kind of say too, it's like, you never really know what's going to happen in terms of maybe you go for a job interview and that person ends up being your best friend, or, you know, you end up marrying them, or, you know, you end up again, five years down the road, they end up referring you for a job. And so go into every situation, trying to really get to know someone and connect with that person. And when you strive for a much higher level of engagement, you'll go much further than if you just kind of settle for the status quo. So that's what I mean when I say doing good, if you will. It's this idea of um, how can you how can you do right by your customer? Is that a rocking share, by the way? It is. I again, I'm in this Airbnb and I'm upstairs. While I love that. <laughs> I love. Down here. I, I love the rocking share. You know, it, I, it's very it, soothing. 
No, I, I love, I, you know, I'm, we'll, we'll save the towards then, but I have a question about a rocking chair. I'll tell right. you later. Okay. I love it. <laughs> so human, human connection. Um, how do we connect, like as a brand, like what do you want to say to these like young entrepreneurs that have this great mission, but they have a hard time connecting with their, with their clients and, and customers and, and like, like, where do you even start? Like, yeah. Uh, and I, this isn't a promotion. It's really just, we have a lot of free resources and one is called a seventh level statement generator. So the way that the process and the framework works is you start with your own seventh level statement of what you stand for and believe in before you connect with others. Uh, and then you can go through the process and, and level one is actually disengagement. That's the first level of the seven levels. Um, and each level, the whole idea is to ask questions that will help you get to the next level. So you're constantly thinking about how to better yourself uh, in, in this process. Um, but first and foremost, you have to identify again, what do you actually stand for? What do you believe in? And I do believe every single company it doesn't have to be, again, corporate social responsibility. It's not like you have to be a nonprofit. You can be a company, you could sell products, but there needs to be a reason why you exist and you exist only, or you shouldn't begin. So I think it's, it's that first and foremost, what do you stand for? What do you believe in? And then how does that translate into a business? And uh, what do you stand for? Me personally, I stand for, I believe that everyone has the right to be inspired in their life and to be an active participant. You know, I, I started the company, um, you know, I'm actually going to switch from the rocking chair. This is real time. You're going to, you're going to see things in real time because I hear my baby crying and as a, um, and as a mom, it's very difficult to actually, um, you're going to hopefully use this part of the video, put the AC I love, off. I love um, it. but this is yeah, I, <laughs> but I can't as a new mom, it's something that I've had a lot of conversations with my husband about, um, that it's a very different experience for a new mom, even than a father, like a father is emotionally connected, but the mother's like physically connected. So if I hear my child crying, it's as if like a part of me is being physically in pain. So anyway, I had to move. Uh, regardless, what do I stand for? I believe that everyone, I believe that everyone deserves You just to said what you stand for. Yeah, like that, exactly. That, you don't, you, like mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, I, I think connection, I keep using the word connection, but I also think I really do, like children to me are the most important the important uh, investment that we can make. And I believe that, again, our inner children are, are in the same, in the same vein, the most important investment that we can, can we could focus on. So I think it's, it is about looking for inspiration and looking to learn and that everyone deserves that right to learn and to be inspired, not just to learn, you know, because they have to, but to learn because they deserve to. Um, and everyone should have access to the best possible learning. I, I agree. And that's what, what we're trying to do here to share as much knowledge as we can from different thought leaders and human beings, just to kind of see that there's so much out there and you can, you can learn and you can create the life you want. Uh, if, if you, if you're willing to do the work, like there's so much available to us right now. And Amanda, I'm just, I'm just curious about you know, speaking about the happiness and success, and my goal is to redefine success. And uh, obviously, you're, you're, you've been very successful in what you do. Uh, would you mind sharing, like, what's your definition of success 
And does success and happiness necessarily walk hand in hand? I, in the beginning, was never, I was really never driven by money. It was always, to me, kind of what felt right. Um, and as a woman, there's a, there's a lot of books about how women undervalue themselves. Um, and don't, I had to, Mika Brzezinski, Knowing Your Value is a great book for, for female entrepreneurs around uh, the proper way to negotiate on behalf of yourself. So I had to learn that, um, that it wasn't just about like, giving and giving and giving, but it, it was a, a relationship where uh, money could help me continue to give and continue to, to be of support to those who I care about. Uh, so that was something that, you know, my business partner, Tony Shea is really into culture. And he always talks around about this idea that again, if you're doing something that you love um, every single day, the money will come. Uh, and I, I do very much believe that. I would say that right now I've switched my version of success as it pertains to, you know, just like working and working and working and making money uh, as, you know, I really have started to think again about time as the most precious resource because as I mentioned before, as a new mom, my time isn't mine. And so I had to really look at my day and I, I would just say yes to everything. And I, you know, I'd be like getting on a plane and I was flying a hundred, like in, in like an hour, I'd be like, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll come or I'll drive across town or yeah, I'll give a talk for free. Or, you know, I was just constantly saying yes because I could, and now I can't. So I think success is actually being able to own your time in a way that feels good for you. Uh, and yes, my time isn't mine because it's my child's, but that's the best thing ever uh, is that I can work after years and years and years of, of working 12 hours a day. I can work in a way that allows for me to be with my child. And, you know, this is my choice to raise him as well as work. Um, and, and that to me is success is that, is that balance of, of time. Yeah. I think um, I think Maya Angelou said something like, "Success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it." Um, mm, I like that. So, question: How did you how did you guys get in business with Tony, and like how did you how did you end up working together? So yeah, I was producing uh, a a, a conference festival called Summit Series, um, and I was producing it on the side while I had a full time job, and I was also just doing again a bunch of other free things on the side. I produced a TEDx, I produced a nonprofit music festival, and so I knew a lot of the people within this community uh, because I just done a lot of free things for a lot of them. So I had produced one and then the next year I produced another one. And by that one, I was kind of so well networked in this experience um, that I ended up being introduced to Tony. Uh, and he was in the process of, he had just, Zappos had just been acquired by Amazon. Um, and he took his $350 million and decided to revitalize downtown Vegas. And so while I had been to Vegas, I'd never been to downtown Vegas. And long story short, he invited me out. And then he forgot that he invited me because he invited so many people. And it was really embarrassing. And then I ended up, you know, kind of talking with him about what I wanted to do with my life, which was to create experiences that were inspiring and educational and kind of combine my understanding of engagement, education with marketing, experiential, et cetera. And so he said, let's do this in Vegas. Uh, and I was like, what do you mean? I live in New York City. Uh, and I ended up, you know, really just 
trying out this concept with him, which was to design these experiences called Catalyst Weeks and Creative Weeks. And we would bring people from all over the world to come to downtown Vegas and they would learn about what was going on there. Then they would give free talks and workshops to the community. So we brought in about 2,000 like top tiered attendees and then gave 250 talks for free. Um, and that ended up snowballing into this, this full, you know, kind of service community design agency that helped brands build community uh, in really intentional ways. Uh, and it started with an actual physical community, like us building a physical community with free educational content. I love that. And and I love what you said that you, you did like a whole bunch of free stuff and how, can you just talk about that and how that actually opens so many doors in life? Yeah, I was, you know, I had a full-time job and I barely got vacation days. I think I had like four vacation days. Uh, and I took those vacation days to, to produce this event. Um, and I just found myself wanting to test out my value, if you will, and, and see what I was good at and, and see, um, you know, because I really didn't know because I was just constantly working. And so there was this one self-serving aspect of it, which was like, I just want to know without having to charge for it test out different skill sets that I thought I had. And then the other side of it was that I just really wanted to support nonprofits. It was like, I felt that nonprofits needed more than just money. They needed, this was, you know, kind of before I started the company with Tony, I started something called Charity Connector, which was this nonprofit event series uh, as a part of the hospitality group that I was a part of where we would donate a different restaurant every single week to a different charity. And I would help them with like their marketing and their event planning and the production. And we would donate all the funds to them. And I'd invite the whole network. And so I work with about 200 nonprofits. So I just wanted to be able to constantly give and give and give. And this is, you know, in addition to internships and et cetera. Um, but I, I really, through that, ended up building a network of people that trusted me and also knew that I was doing things for the right reasons. But also I had a proof of concept that I actually could charge for this. So I would say, you know, to anyone to try to do as much free as possible while again, people need to make money. I was still working full time. Um, but it, it was an opportunity to not only learn as I've been talking a lot about, but also support others that really needed it. Yeah. I mean, I love that. And, uh, I think when you truly give without asking for anything in return, it, it will always come back in some weird fucking way that you don't, that yeah. you can't plan or, uh, but it, it, it does come back to you. And it, and you know, uh, it also feels good to give and help. It does. You know, it does. It's, it's definitely, there's a whole study about that actually, how it's um, releases endorphins for you as you do give back. Um, and it, and it does, again, not only inspire you, but it, it also, there's, there's an organization called Catch a Fire, which I always recommend. Um, and people can match their skills with nonprofits that need those skills. So for free. So instead of just volunteering, you know, which again, I, I highly recommend regardless, but instead of just generally volunteering, you can volunteer based on this very specific need um, that only you can fill. Uh, and, and that also leads to opportunities. You don't even know, you know, that what's possible. Awesome. Is it called catchy fire? Catch a fire. Yep. Catch, catch a fire. Catch a fire. Yep. Catch a fire. That's, that's awesome. And we are, uh, we are running out of time because someone had to feed their baby. No excuses, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. have two more questions. Let's, sure. let's, let's go back to the rocking chair, like not literally, but virtually. 
Uh, but now you're 87 years old. You're sitting overlooking maybe the skyline in New York or you, you're in Bahamas, California. I don't know where you want to be, but you're there. You're contemplating on your life and, and you're looking back. What do you want to have seen in order to say, wow, this was a good run? I think that first and foremost, it's that I've got to spend time with my family. Um, and again, I, I think that this is maybe not what the entrepreneur is supposed to say, but we look back on our lives and, and regret, you know, there's, there's all these articles and, and information about how we, we end up regretting that we haven't spent more time with people we love. So that would be the first and first thing is that I spent quality time with the people that I care about. That would be a, an amazing first goal. Um, and then the other one would be that I created it's not just about companies, but that I, that I had a role in creating different ways of thinking, different ways of being, different ways of working, um, and, and had an impact on the way people thought about themselves, whatever that may look like, whether that's through our campaigns or through our events or through other businesses that I, that I support and work with or whatever that means, I don't know yet, um, but it would be looking back and saying, that I really, again, I'm a teacher. I always feel like I'm a teacher at heart, like that I taught people a different way to be um, and, and allowed for them to, again, realize that they could be happy, um, you know, in whatever situation or circumstance they were in. That's awesome. And where, where, is, that, where is that rocking chair? And what's that place? This is a question my husband and I have to discuss every day of our lives. Um, you know, I've always kind of been really weird about this and it's just something that I still feel very, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to manifest, but I feel very passionately about it. Um, you know, I want to have, I want to live in multiple places. And I've always kind of, I lived in New York, Las Vegas and LA all at the same time. Uh, I've kind of slowed down with, with that because you can't really travel right now. But, you know, I, I think maybe for the sake of that last moment um that rocking chair is probably you know somewhere warm by the wall it's probably not by the hudson like in new york <laughs> city it's probably like somewhere like bali uh and you know i have like all my kids and my whole family around me and you're you know we're we're able to be just present with each other and it's not really about anything else except for us and so yeah i i, I don't know exactly but yeah probably bali or hawaii that's great and final, final question to you, Amanda. And, you know, we're all about sharing stories and you, you are wonderful. Uh, just know that for the 40 minutes I've, I've known you, I, I really enjoyed our conversation. And there, there's, it seems like there's so much depth to what you're saying. And hopefully we can, we can connect and, and, and learn more about each other um, as time progresses and our lives uh, progress as well. But for the people that are still here listening and watching and uh, want to start getting closer to their dreams, what would be their, the next step right after this show? You know, I would say to ask yourself, what is that dream and why is it, why is it your dream? Um, I think we, we so infrequently ask the why behind the what and we jump to well I, I want to make money or it's a really good idea or a lot of people will like it and I think it's really really important to personalize the why and understand that if you are again going to put your heart and soul into something that it should feel good um, and you should know why you're doing it so I would really ask yourself 
why is that important to you before you decide to act on anything that's that's a great piece of advice and amanda slavin if people want to connect with you and work with you and find out more about you where can they find you i love linkedin so they could find me on linkedin or they could find me at amandaslavin.com and that has all the information about the seventh level which has this this free resources and catalyst creative and a bunch of other fun stuff Awesome. Thank you, Amanda. I truly appreciate your time. Uh, thank you, everybody that watched and listened to this week's episode. Uh, we are super excited to have you here. Uh, my big fat mission, as many of you already know, is to help at least 10 million people to go after their dreams. And I can't do that myself. Uh, but you can help me if you show me some love, give us a review, share this with somebody that needs to hear Amanda's message and, and can learn something from this, this journey and conversation. Thank you so much. Also check us out at ilovesuccess.co. There's almost 200 conversations there now and uh, just so happy to be a part of uh, all, all this amazing people that I get to meet and, uh, and I'm honored that I get to share those stories. So thanks again, everybody. And I'll see you next week.